Hey, business building warrior, this is Jim of Silent Sales Machine Radio. Thanks for hanging out with me today. It's just you and me, no guests today. I'm going to talk for a few minutes. And this is specifically aimed for those who are trying to decide if Amazon selling is for them or not. Maybe you're already doing it and you're trying to decide if this is where you really want to be. Maybe you're considering getting into selling online and selling on Amazon using the systems we teach. I'm going to talk you through some of the decision points that you're going to have to make to continue moving forward in a good direction and answering those hard questions, those things that you're hearing, the rumors, maybe the challenges, the other opportunities that are out there. And let's start here. I didn't wake up one day and decide, man, I think I'm going to go all in on teaching Amazon and I won't be distracted by anything else. That's not what we do around here. The reason we are so focused on Amazon is because it's generating ridiculously consistent success stories for our community, as evidenced by the 1,500 tagged posts you can see in our 70,000 member Facebook group. That's a lot of people saying, hey, this works. Coaching program going on since, uh, what are we coming up on, 18, 19 years now? with thousands of students and just numerous success stories. If you come to one of our live events, you see the stage is full of people who have been through our program, succeeded, say have taken on a leadership role of some kind, creating content or stepping up and being a coach, and they're telling their story, their journey. So it's not some kind of random decision we made. But I realize it's not for everyone. But if I gave you some homework today, if you were to pause and kind of think through Here's all the reasons why I don't think selling on Amazon is a good fit for me. Maybe you're still in that considering stage, or maybe you've been doing a little while and you're looking at some other options. I want to talk to you today about this. Here's the reasons why I think it might not be for me. Make a list. Let's put down a good list. Be creative. Put everything you can possibly think of on that list. And I'm pretty sure... I'm going to address whatever you see on that list. This isn't me trying to sell you on an idea that suits us. This is me making sure that you don't walk away from a great idea that suits you. It may not be a great fit for you. It's not the perfect business for everybody. Many people don't even want to have a business. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if that's you. But let's assume you want to have a business, and we've talked on other recent episodes how to define the perfect business for you, and there'll be some overlapping content from those. But I've got some new things to share with you as well today, just to help you make sure you're clearly thinking through what it means to sell on Amazon. And again, the premise is, and you heard me talk about this on past recent episodes, the premise is we'd like to have a business in our pocket. We'd like to have the flexibility to work when we want to work. We'd like to have the ability to scale the business to the point where it's just numbers on a page and other people are managing the business. Amazon is all those things and so much more. Now, you may be thinking, well, there's other businesses out there that could be that. I absolutely agree. But the reason we focus in on Amazon so much is because it's the lowest hanging fruit. Amazon is the monster opportunity. Half of all transactions in the United States any given day online are happening on Amazon. The majority of those transactions are happening from private third-party sellers like you and me selling on that platform. 
It's only getting bigger. The numbers are only going up. Yes, we're seeing some different economic signs, the cultural challenges, et cetera. But my premise is of the entire landscape of opportunities that are out there, you're going to be very hard pressed to find something else that looks and feels like this opportunity. And that's what we're going to talk through today. I've got several points I'm going to make. I'm probably going to bounce around. I thought about trying to put it in a nice, neat outline for you, but I'm just going to bump through in no particular order, some of the challenges that are raised, and maybe if you paused and made your list, here's the things that have me concerned. Here's the things I'm thinking of doing instead that might be a better fit. I'm just going to talk through them. And I'm not sure how long this episode will be, but I'm happy to go deeper on any of these subjects if you'd like. And we probably have a podcast episode dedicated to each of these at some point where I dove really deep on each of the points I'm about to make. But this is a highlight. Again, Helping you make a really good decision is having an Amazon selling business for me. I got to make a decision. I hear you guys talking about it all the time. I see all the success stories. I'm not sure if it's for me. So let's just start going through. The first thing on my list, the learning curve argument, the learning curve argument of the entire landscape of business opportunities that are out there, I'm very hard pressed, especially when it comes to e-commerce, business in your pocket type of opportunities. I'm hard pressed to find anything that has a shorter learning curve than selling physical products on Amazon. Many students in our community start off by just listing a few things around the house. Now you might run into some gating issues. That's cool. Those would go away pretty fast after you've sold 40 or 50 items. There's all kinds of conversations in our community about people saying, hey, I'm getting gated in this. How do I get ungated? And typically the best answer anyone can give anyone if you're new to selling and you're trying to sell a few things around the house to get used to it, for example, is, hey, you know what? Just sell things you are ungated in, such as camping supplies, outdoor sports, housewares, you know, bathroom things that, uh, decorations for the home, you know, those, those categories, pets, not pet food, but pets. So many categories are wide open to you for the vast majority of items in that category. Day one as a new seller, find something you can sell, even if it's at a light loss, small loss and get used to the process. It's just not that complicated. If you can use email, if you've ever sold anything on eBay before, If you've ever bought anything online before, you've got the basic skills to set up and run an Amazon business. Don't be intimidated. There's always more to learn, but if you try to learn all of it before you start, you will never start because the game is changing slightly in little ways constantly. So don't get stuck in that. The learning curve is tiny. Jump in, get going. Next, what are the big trends in our world? Have you ever thought about that before? You know, maybe some of the great business opportunities that were awesome 10 years ago that have kind of gone away. And where's the world heading five, 10 years from now? When you take the time to think about it that way, some of the things I've already said make the Amazon opportunity look very attractive, the Amazon selling opportunity, because again, the big trends are heading in that direction. One of the questions I ask all the time in this community, because it illustrates very well the point that I'm making here, is this. What percentage of all retail in the United States is currently happening online? I'll repeat the question. What percentage of all retail activity in the United States is happening online? I've heard guesses as high as 70%. 
I've heard guesses as low as 2%. The correct answer is about 15, 16% currently. Why is that a significant number that only 15 or 16% of all economic activity in the United States, all retail sales is online? Because there's plenty of room for growth. The future looks very bright. That's the big trend I'm helping you identify right now. The big trend is the future looks very bright for people who have basic e-commerce skills who can find products that they can buy low and sell high online. The logistics of that, the platforms involved right now, Amazon is the huge opportunity. But I can tell you this, as those big trends shift over time, we're not going to start to see a reverse back to the way the world used to be when it comes to retail. It's clearly heading and all projections tell us that 15 or 16% will soon be 20, then 25, then 30 in the next 10, 20 years. That's the direction we're heading. So the opportunity is growing. It's expanding. The skill set you'll be getting will be making you more valuable in the world. Take you in many different interesting directions. Remember, we treat the basic models that we teach around here as the foundational concepts that will eventually take you into bigger and greater opportunities should you choose to pursue them. And we've seen that happen for many, many people in our community. They become coaches, they become content creators, maybe they open up a prep center, they become consultants for third-party companies trying to get brands online. They launch their own brand and sell it, become an expert at buying and selling brands. They partner up in creative ways. E-commerce is so expansive and you've heard me emphasize all the time as long as you're pursuing new relationships and you're playing a supportive role in those new relationships as you pursue them and you learn this skill set, it's going to open up so many doors. So that's the big trend argument. You don't want to get into something that's already expired, that's already extinct. You don't want a business model that's trending downwards, fewer and fewer people interested. Right? There's still people crazy about Beanie Babies, for example. Remember that big 90s? craze. People were buying them for five bucks and selling them for 50 on, on eBay. <laughs> beanie babies. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. The, Amazon is not the beanie babies. Beanie babies have gone away. Very few people even care. People have boxes of them in their garage now. The bigger concept of selling on Amazon, however, the convenience of being able to stay home and order things and have it on your porch within an hour or two, and the expanding operation of companies competing with Amazon in that space and understanding the moving parts and how you can serve customers using those platforms, that is an expanding opportunity. It's not shrinking. So that's what I mean when I say big trends. Are you paying attention to the big trends? Let's talk about leverage for a second. I don't talk about this very often on this show, but when you look at the world, and this ties very well into the big trends argument, when you look at the world through the eyes of leverage, you know, it's, you've probably heard it said if you, with a lever, you can move about anything, you know, like a, a seesaw, you know, you've got a, someone who's bigger and heavier on one side and someone who's smaller on the other. Well, if you adjust the seesaw back and forth, if you adjust the lever, suddenly it's balanced and you could just use one little finger and raise a whole lot of weight with a proper lever, right? So what are the levers available to you right now that maybe the whole world doesn't understand yet? The rest of the world is slowly catching up to understand these things, but you can get ahead of the curve and use these levers to make huge things happen very quickly to create a lot of value for customers. 
to create opportunities for people to pay you gladly for the work that you're doing or for the work that your team is doing. What are some of those levers? Well, perhaps the strongest one with this opportunity that we're talking about is virtual assistants. People who right now, by the hundreds of thousands, are in the Philippines, excited and eager to work for a few dollars per hour for anyone with an online opportunity that can help them find meaningful work. We've got a system here, the Amazon Replen system. Once you understand it, we can train one of those virtual assistants for you, or you can hire them yourself off of an online outsourcing site, and you can put them to work doing work that provides a lot of value for you for a few dollars per hour, finding very profitable items that you can flip online. You can hire another virtual assistant who shops for you. You can hire another virtual assistant who monitors your account. We're actually in the process right now of duplicating the success of some of the members of our community who have completely outsourced their entire operation to a series of virtual assistants who manage their entire operation. That's happening. It's possible. That's leverage. Not everyone in the world understands the power of using leverage to grow an e-commerce business. The replens model that we teach is perfectly aligned to take advantage of that huge opportunity, creating massive opportunities for you, creating fantastic jobs for people who live in the Philippines. And every time I mention the pay rate there, I'm obliged to make sure you understand that the three or four dollars per hour that you might pay someone in the Philippines to do online work for you spends like 25 or 30 dollars US if you live in the United States per hour. It's a fantastic job in their local economy. What are some of the other levers? Well, the fact that we have the internet, we can take it with us anywhere. You do realize how blessed we are to be alive in the time we are we're alive right now. By far the best time in all of human history for entrepreneurs who want to launch or grow businesses because you can test small, you can lose small, you can potentially win big as you're testing small. That's never been true in all of human history, how freely available it is for us to test. So that little device in our pocket that we use to goof around and waste time, it can be actually quite dangerous. You can get sucked into a vortex of depression and anxiety and all kinds of other side effects from being on that thing too much, and we all know it, but it can also be a power tool for good. It can contain your entire operation. You can go anywhere in the world and run your business if you have an internet connection. We are very fortunate to be alive at the time we are. So are you properly using the levers available to you and the big trends that are happening in the world? Are you paying attention to those? Or maybe you're stuck pursuing your passion. And this is a topic of passion for me. I love dearly people who have a very different opinion than I do on this subject. And we're not as far apart as you might think when you hear, hear us talk about it, but I, I think there's a responsibility on anyone who's teaching business leadership to make sure they emphasize that nobody cares what you're passionate about. <laughs> they just don't. They really don't. It's been a while since I mentioned it, but I spoke in front of a group of graduating high school seniors one time. I was honored to give the commencement address. And one of the things I emphasized was nobody out there cares what you're passionate about because they don't. It's a hard truth to hear, but nobody cares. They do possibly care how you're going to use those gifts that God gave you to serve them well. 
and we all have numerous gifts that we can use to serve well. The point I like to make here as well is if you've got a long line of people waiting, standing in line to tell you thank you, just imagine you're sitting at a table and you've got a long line of people waiting in line, taking their turn, just so they can come up and say, thanks. Thank you for fill in the blank, whatever that is. Let's fill in the blank with something that you are just not all that passionate about doing. What you don't, you're not passionate about, you know, think up a job that's just like boring, tedious, monotonous. You find no meaning in it. You're not passionate about it, but you've got a long line of people standing there telling you, thank you for running a business that does X. You know, maybe it's cleaning out sewer pipes underneath homes. That's your business. Are you passionate about it? Who as a kid is thinking, oh, I can't wait to grow up and clean sewer pipes? Nobody. It's one of the things I like about Mike Rowe in his message, the dirty jobs guy. He says, don't pursue your passion. Take it with you. In other words, serve well. Get a line of people standing there saying, hey, thanks for doing a great work. And how do you know when you're doing great work? Well, those people, as they're saying thank you, they're handing you little green pieces of paper, certificates of gratitude, certificates of appreciation, certificates of achievement, you might call them. Some people call it dollar bills. That's how you know you're doing a good job. They're handing those to you. And here's the magic. Here's the secret. We spend, I think, way too much time in our culture. We have the convenience. We have the opportunity. We're one of the first generations in world history that has this luxury of sitting back and taking time and thinking, hmm, what am I passionate about? What do I enjoy doing? You do realize that a lot of human history was people running for their lives, hunting, (laughs) trying to find things to eat that day and hoping that whatever tribe or army is coming their way doesn't kill them and take their family, right? Like they didn't sit around thinking, how can I do something I'm passionate about with my, like, are you kidding? Like, that's a great, use your passion in your hobby. Absolutely. Take advantage. Find hobbies that you're passionate about. I'm passionate about playing basketball. I'm passionate about running. I'm not operating under the delusion that anyone's ever going to pay me to do either one of those things. However, (laughs) it's irrelevant. I'm passionate about serving my customers well, however. So even if I'm selling a screen door repair kit, one of the actual items that we sell in our few thousand units of inventory. I'm not passionate about screen door repairs, but I am passionate about providing a product to a customer who has tremendous amount of convenience in going to Amazon and finding something that I paid $20 for, and they're very willing to pay $45 because they can't find it anywhere, and they're going to have it on their desk tomorrow, and they need it. Because they got mosquitoes coming in their office window because there's a hole in their screen door. And they could fix it now. And they would have paid $80 for that thing. And they're thrilled. And for the work that I did with my team in finding that product. So am I passionate about selling screen door repair kits? No. I am passionate about people lining up telling me thank you as evidenced by handing me green pieces of paper called dollar bills, certificates of gratitude. So stop pursuing your passion and thinking that it has to be tied to your business. Pursue it. That's fine. Make it your hobby. Do it with your free time. Maybe that does turn into money. That's awesome. It happens for a lot of people. But it's just as awesome that you begin serving people and you become very passionate about hearing them say thank you over and over and over again. It doesn't matter what work you're doing. You will become passionate about that work 
if you've got a whole bunch of people saying, hey, man, that's great. I mean, think of this example. You hear of athletes from time to time, just truly gifted athletes, that for the first time they play a sport and the crowd goes crazy because they're really good at it. They pick it up so fast. Naturally gifted, talented athletes, they weren't passionate about that sport before they played it. They became passionate when people showed their appreciation. There's something powerful about a group of people showing appreciation. Even more powerful if they're putting money in your pocket because they appreciate it so much that they're willing to pay you for what it is that you're providing. You will become passionate about that business. It will happen. So don't pursue your passion. Pursue profitable business models where you have a long line of happy customers who are thrilled to have done business with you. And Amazon presents that opportunity to you. So that's the passion piece. Next, the time argument. Oh, Jim, I just, I just don't know. I don't have the time to commit to this. I've heard there's a bit of a learning curve here, which I already addressed. How much time is this going to take for me to maintain? Now, there is going to be some time required. With anything worth doing, there's going to be a sacrifice of time required. There's going to be a learning curve there. Don't get stuck in learning mode for months on end. That's ridiculous. Jump into the proven Amazon course. Do the steps that we show you. Maybe get into our kickstart program. That's small groups of new students being encouraged and ushered into those first few steps by one of our coaches on our team. It just costs a few dollars. Now, the proven Amazon course, $29. I think the price is going to go up pretty soon, though. Keep an eye on that. You'll be grandfathered in at the old price, $29 per month. Once it changes, you're not going to be grandfathered in. You'll be paying the new rate if you wait. So don't wait. But you can pay a few more dollars, either $30 or $37, I don't remember. And that gets you multiple sessions in a small group with other recent students with a coach talking you through those first few steps. But take those first few steps. It doesn't take a lot of time to learn these steps, but if you don't do it, you're never going to get there. It doesn't take a lot of time to keep this thing going. You can squeeze it into the cracks of your life. And one of the reasons I love doing interviews with our students, one of the questions I always ask them is, hey, how much time are you spending on this business? How much time does it take? And this is another way to destroy that whole passion argument too, by the way, because you can spend 80% of your life pursuing the things you're passionate about if you spend 15 or 20% of your time building a profitable business. That, trust me, you will become very passionate about it when it starts generating significant profits. But you're doing that as your business. You're spending the rest of your time doing the things you're interested in. But it takes some time to build there. But you will get to the point where several of our students have gotten to where it's reduced down to a team running the operation. It's people you've brought in, virtual assistants, maybe you have a warehouse, maybe it's some local operation of some kind, maybe it's all virtual. No one in your hometown even knows what you do for a living or comes to work ever. It's just VAs handling it all, shipping through a prep center. And you know it's in another state. You never see your inventory, never touch your inventory. We've got plenty of people doing it that way. It takes time to build those things. You need to understand the system. We inch you slowly towards goals like that. You don't step in day one and launch it. There's no such thing. It's not going to happen. You need to understand the model first. 
Next, we have, uh, and this one ties in kind of with the passion argument of, I'm just not passionate about this. Well, why aren't you passionate about it? Some people would say, I just don't, I don't see the value in buying something low at one price and selling it high. Like, what have I really done? How have I brought any value? And there's a podcast episode where I really dive deep into the buy low, sell high. Is it virtuous? Am I actually creating any value? And rather than me diving deep on that topic right now, I will just say I will absolutely convince you that buying low and selling high as a service is providing tremendous value, incredible value to your suppliers, your employees, your family, your customers, everybody involved. Remember that quote? It is impossible to run a profitable business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others. Buying low, selling high, if you make a profitable business out of that, it is impossible to avoid dramatically improving the lives of countless others if you have a profitable business. But I go a lot deeper into that. I'll stick a link in the show notes. Because if if you're not convinced in your own mind that the activities you're involved in are virtuous, you're going to find very creative ways, even subconsciously, to self-sabotage and you will never succeed. If you're thinking to yourself, man, buying this thing for $10 and selling it for 30, I just don't see the virtue in that. I should have just left it where I was and let somebody buy it for 10. And you can't connect the dots on how moving things from point A to point B creates tremendous value. If you struggle with that, you really need to go listen to that other podcast episode. It's one of the earlier episodes that I recorded, but I will stick a link, like I said, in the show notes. You need to get over that one real quick or you will sabotage yourself. Sometimes people mistake that for it. That's why I'm not passionate about this business because I'm not providing any value to anybody. I want to do something I'm passionate about, like you know, fishing on the side of the river all day. I'm passionate about that. Well, you're not creating any value for anyone. How do you know when you're creating value for folks? Now, there's many ways to create value for someone, but there's unmistakable evidence that you absolutely are creating value when people start paying you. Now you have evidence. You can create value in many other ways where you don't get paid, but it's just hard to know when you're doing it because people can fake it. Like, hey, thanks, you're awesome. When you give them something they don't really want. But when they start paying you, now you know for sure. You have hard evidence. Strangers paying you, that's hard evidence that they see value in what it is that you do. That's the way that you can get yourself out of that funk of, I'm not passionate. You can start becoming very passionate when people pay you. All right, the intense focused effort argument. Jim, I've heard you say that I'm going to have a period of intense focused effort. This is kind of the, the learning curve argument and you know, how much time am I going to have to spend? We've talked about those things, but I don't want to sugarcoat this. There is going to be a period of intense focused effort with this business, but anything worth doing, as I've already said, it's going to require that. You're going to have to focus in for a period of time, learn some things maybe you've never been exposed to before. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. It's going to be a little difficult. You're going to find yourself going back and relearning some of the same basic lessons. But all of a sudden, kind of like riding a bike one day, it just becomes easier and it just starts making sense. And you're looking back over your shoulder at what you thought were mountains. And they're just these little tiny speed bumps that in your mind, for some reason, they were huge. And you'll cruise right over them from now on when you see those things. But that's anything worth doing, every business model out there. So if we're comparing 
Should I be selling on Amazon? Is this the right business for me? Just keep in mind, you're going to have that period of intense focused effort required for anything worth doing. Stop chasing shiny business opportunities. The flavor of the month, the cool looking sales page, the guru with the entertaining, funny podcast who's promoting a new business opportunity this month. It frustrates me as much as anything in this industry to think of the tens of thousands, probably more like hundreds of thousands of people that paid multiple thousands of dollars because a few celebrity endorsements got people all excited about private label branding on Amazon over the past 15 years or so. Just sold tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars of people into courses and content that they never did anything with. They got in over their heads. It frustrated them. They walked away. Amazon's not for me. I spent $50,000 on courses, training, and inventory and only sold 10 units and had to give them all away and donate them. That's a waste of time. It's a big scam. They gave the whole industry a bad name. I kind of almost wish Amazon would have stepped in and, and put the brakes on some of that because of the irresponsibility of what they were throwing people into the deep end of the pool. I mean, it's the equivalent of bringing a bunch of you know, grade schoolers to the pool for the first time that can't swim and go, okay, guys, that's the shallow end where you wade in slowly. We're not going to do that. We're going to go over to the deep end and just toss you guys in. And when you're really panicked and struggling, hope somebody saves you. I'm like, no, it's irresponsible. It's crazy. What are you doing? We're the shallow end. Wade in. Okay, we're ankle deep now. How does it feel? Uncomfortable? That's okay. Get used to it. Yeah, see it? Feel, it warms up slowly, right? You get used to that. Okay, let's go in a little deeper now. Let's take our time. And before long, you're going off the high dive on the deep end, right? But you didn't start there. It just doesn't make any sense to me why some people try to start there. It's just common sense. But it's going to take intense, focused effort. You're going to have to make a decision to commit to the journey. This is for any business, but specifically with Amazon, yeah, it's true there too. Even though this is the low-hanging fruit business opportunity of our lifetimes, in my opinion, again, after having seen literally thousands of business models at this point, this is still the one that I'm bullish on for the vast majority of people. And when they come and say, I think I'm ready to use some of my spare time to launch an Amazon business, where should I start? Replans. Don't launch a brand. Don't spend thousands of dollars on inventory. Test small. Take your time. Wade in slowly. Let us help you. That's the model that works. And I'm very confident in all of this because of the number of people we've had come to us and say, where were you three years ago? Where were you four or five, six years ago when I spent tens of thousands of dollars on this better mousetrap than I've now got thousands of in my garage and my spouse is mad at me because we don't know what to do with them. Where were you? Well, we were right here doing what we do, just we weren't the loudest voice in the room selling courses for tens of thousands of dollars, sharing all those affiliate commissions with the celebrity endorsers on the infomercials. <laughs> we just, we didn't go down that road. We just been over here in our quiet little corner of the internet doing what we do, cranking out success stories hundreds of which you can hear interviewed on our podcast. Scroll back in time. If this happens to be one of your first episodes, you don't have to believe me. Just go listen to a few dozen recent episodes and you're going to hear a whole bunch of great stories. Okay, the startup cost argument is the next one I want to hit. I would say you're going to be very hard pressed to find anything that has a lower startup cost than being an Amazon seller. It's just hard to beat when you do it the right way. 
you know, just off the top of my head, yeah, there are a few startup costs. If you've got 500 bucks though, you're good to go. If you're struggling with only about $100 to your name, you're going to have to get a little creative. But even then, you can find inventory and flip it online. All right, let's say you're that $100 person. I've only got $100. Maybe not even that. What do I do? Tell your friends and neighbors, post on Facebook and say, hey, I'm starting to sell online. Does anybody have anything they want to sell? I will split the money with you. I'm going to sell it though. Free inventory, no risk, no one loses. Get some money in the bank. Once you got a few dollars, you got a few hundred dollars. Amazon Pro seller account, it's going to cost you a few dollars a month. Not much. I don't remember, around 30 bucks or so. Can't remember exactly. The proven Amazon course, around $30 a month. Soon to go up a little bit. A few of the tools that you're going to need, you're going to need Keepa. Go back and listen to podcast episode 369, 369, convinces you why you're going to need Keepa. 20 bucks or so a month, right? It's starting to add up. You're like, oh, that's a lot of money, Jim. Well, you know, I was reading about people today in their 60s. <laughs> There's, Did you know in the United States, this is as of today, I heard it on a podcast, there are 9 million people in the United States who still have tens of thousands of dollars of college debt <laughs> from their education. We're not talking about doing something like that. There's people going $300,000 in debt right now for a degree that will at best get them forty dollars or $50,000 a year. Like there's people out there doing crazy stuff, trying to launch their, their passion, I guess. Like, this is what I'm interested in, so this is what I'm going to do. And I refuse to do anything else with my life. I don't understand that argument. How about you serve well? Don't dig deep and see what you're passionate about. Find places where you can serve others well. Amazon's a great one and it doesn't cost you a lot of money. So what, we're around a hundred bucks a month or so at this point to get everything you need. If you want to coach, we offer that. It's going to take you a little bit of money. We only work with people who are serious and positioned well to invest in their business. Yeah, that costs a few thousand bucks. We'd love to work with you if you're well positioned and qualified. Not everyone is, but the tools, the resources, the education you need, it's all right there at your fingertips for relatively just a few dollars if it's something you want to do. So the last couple things I want to talk about, and I'm going to wrap this up, are the saturation argument and then all those scary things, all those, oh, I've heard this is scary about Amazon. Oh, what about that? Oh, this guy over here, I heard a very scary thing happened over here. So let's talk about those two things and then we'll wrap this one up. First, saturation. Well, I think I've kind of already hit this one. And again, as a reminder, I, I had you make a list of all the things you were nervous about, all the reasons you might be scared to start an Amazon business or all the reasons you might think it's not for you. I think I've done my best. Now, if you still have things on your list, I would love for you to please send them to me. But I think I've hit a lot of them, the ones that I've heard the most of anyway. If you still got something on there that you're like, oh yeah, Jim, you didn't talk about mine. Well, maybe I will in the future. Saturation? No. Remember the numbers I gave you? Only 15 or 16% of all economic activity in the United States is online right now. The rest of all the retail activity is in traditional brick and mortar. That 15 or 16% is going to be 20, then 30% soon. That's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other businesses that could be launching and starting selling products online, bringing new products or just reselling. Huge opportunities as more people begin shopping online and we move away from the traditional retail models, 
Again, opportunities to be a consultant, creative partnerships, help brands get established and launched. These are all things that we train in our community. Huge opportunities in the future. Saturation is a laughable argument. And even in the replens model itself, any given day, any given week, there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of new replens that pop on the scene just waiting for someone to find where you can go sell right alongside some other sellers finding those underserved listings. Okay, so what? Maybe there's five or 10 other sellers already selling it. If it's selling 100 times a month and there's 10 sellers and that buy box is rotating, everybody's getting about 10 sales. Well, you hop in there. You're the 11th seller. Now everybody's getting about nine sales. Everybody's still happy. Selling it profitably. Easily sourced product. There's millions of replens on Amazon right now. You don't have to be the lowest price seller to win the buy box. Now, the lowest priced seller, I'm not going to get off on a buy box topic right now, but the lowest priced seller will get most, a majority, let's say, you know, on average, maybe 60% of the sales, the lowest price, one or two sellers, the other 40% are going to rotate and bounce around that buy box. Even if the buy box isn't moving, the other people will get sales because of the proximity factor involved. Meaning if your product is sitting in a warehouse near the customer who just placed an order, they're not price sensitive if they want it today. They're going to order yours. They want it fast. That happens a lot on the fast moving products. So there you are up towards the highest price on a listing and you're selling plenty of product on a popular hot item. Happens all the time. People think the game is about being the lowest price. No, the low margins ain't where it's at. Not with replens. There's just no need to play in the mud like that. These are concepts we teach. I'm not going to dive too deep into it right now, but there are hundreds of thousands of great replen listings just sitting out there waiting for you to jump on and begin selling those products. There's no saturation concerns at all. Finally, what about all those scary scenarios I've heard, Jim? I heard a guy got suspended because he was breaking a policy. And I heard Amazon doesn't like third-party resellers anymore. And every scary story you can give me, I've been hearing it for a decade. And I've heard worse. And here's the good news. I know people who for a living help people get over those molehills that we treat as mountains and they have 99.9% success rates doing it. Yes, weird things happen. I mean, just in our Facebook group today, we had somebody post, they just had a $7,000 day. Is that typical? No. Is that normal? No. Is that average? No. Can you expect to achieve that yourself just by hitting a few buttons? Absolutely not. These guys work their tails off, but they've built an incredible business. And someone said, well, how do you handle IP complaints? And he's like, we we file one appeal and if they don't accept it, we move on. Knowing that at some point we might get suspended for a few days, we'll deal with it and we'll keep plowing forward. (laughs) It's like, no big deal. Those problems that keep new sellers up at night wondering, oh no, this is all going to go away. They just don't bother the big sellers because they know that, yeah, you're going to from time to time go from a green light to a yellow light and get a little nervous and maybe have to spend a few dollars. Maybe it's going to be a red light. You just got suspended. Okay, we'll get back in a few days. That's the price of operating on the largest e-commerce platform in the history of the world is sometimes they throw the baby out with the bathwater and you got to spend a few dollars and you get things rocking again. That's why we love working with guys like Jeff Schick. You've heard him on our Wednesday shows recently. 
Jeff Schick has a fantastic track record of helping people with lost inventory reimbursement issues, for example, IP complaint issues, those confusing, scary messages that Amazon sends you and you think, oh no, this is terrible. This is tragic. (laughs) No, it's really not. People see these things all the time. And I've said for years now, and it's been true, in the 12 years now that we've been teaching Amazon, I know of less than a handful of people who've been permanently suspended and lost their Amazon businesses because Amazon kicked them off the platform. And a few of them decided they were just kind of done anyway and didn't even try to pursue. Only a couple, I think they were probably up to something and they knew they were up to something that they shouldn't have been involved in and we never really got quite got the full story. I'm talking about thousands and thousands of students and less than a tiny handful less than five names I could give you. Does it happen? Yeah. Are there bad guys out there getting kicked off the platform doing really stupid things? Yeah. Do we steer you away from those things? Absolutely. All day, every day, I could pull my hair out. People like, oh, I've been drop shipping and then my supplier ran out and we had 30 unfulfilled orders. What should I do? Well, you should build a time machine and go back and listen to our advice that says don't drop ship because your supplier could run out and Amazon doesn't like When you don't ship products to customers after they've paid, they really don't like that. You can lose your account. So don't do it. But if you avoid all those stupid scenarios, and even in a scenario like that, where you've really made a dumb mistake, you ignored good advice, you can still, the vast majority of the time with a little patience, and Jeff Schick, for example, he only only charges currently, I think he's going to raise his prices at some point. Right now he's only charging like $90 a month and he'll manage anything and everything that pops up in your account. It's tremendous value as your business starts to grow. It's like insurance to keep your business rocking. He can handle those crazy scenarios where you, you know, it's not a uh, license to just go crazy and break all the rules, but he really can handle some crazy scenarios. And he's, he's talked me through some of the things that he's helped manage. So don't be afraid of the scary what if stories. Don't let that be something that stops you. And I think that's a good place to end. Hopefully, I've helped you draw a big black line through everything on your list. And now you're left thinking, well, maybe I should get started. Maybe I should try this out with a few spare minutes per week, a few hours here and there that I have. Maybe I should try to build something here. If that's you, got a little homework for you. Listen to this podcast those episodes where it's not just me, where it's real people who have no experience in e-commerce building real businesses. Can I guarantee it's going to work for you? Absolutely not. You'll never hear me say that. Can't guarantee it. The ability of people to creatively mess up beautifully laid plans is unending. The universe is a chaotic place. Strange things can happen. But wow, has this been consistent for our community. And the big trends, the evidence is there. The 1,500 tagged posts in our Facebook group of people saying, hey, look what happened today. This is great. New highlight. That's hard to argue with. The hundreds of recent success story interviews on this podcast, that's hard to argue with. Can't guarantee anything, but if you're ready to get started, listen to some of those, get encouraged, get confident. Next, jump into the proven Amazon course, $29 per month. We've got a get started section that walks you through the steps. Maybe you can upgrade into our kickstart program where we put you in a small group of other sellers 
and you get a coach spending a little bit of time with you, helping you on those first few steps. Maybe you want to get into coaching. That's a more significant investment. There's a link to all of this in the show notes today. That's how you get started. And you could be one of the people who's building businesses like so many in our community. We are planning our live event for 2023 as well. We don't know exactly when it's going to be. We're looking at mid-summer 2023, maybe mid-July. Don't hold me to that. We're hoping to have some dates and a location soon, but you can certainly look at the past 10 times that we've held that event. A lot of those event videos you get with the Proven Amazon course, by the way. It's a complete collection of all of our Amazon content. It's pretty incredible. It gets better every month, but you can just see how energetic and vibrant this community is, how sold out this community is. And we're excited about building businesses, serving our customers well. We're passionate about selling online because we're seeing that it's working. We have evidence that we've built incredible businesses that serve others well. How do we know? Because they're profitable. That's the evidence we have. That's the only evidence a business can have that it's doing a good job is that customers are willing to pay. That's how you know. And we've got a lot of people doing exactly that. If you'd like to join us, I've just told you how. Well, God bless you, business building warrior. It's been great hanging out with you a little bit today, spending some time thinking this through. I hope you made your lists and I hope you marked everything off that list, all your excuses. Again, if we missed an excuse, hey, let me know and I'll be happy to address it at some other later date. Just shoot it over to me. There's contact information at silentgym.com where you can contact me and send me a note. Say, hey, Jim, you get, you went through the list of all the reasons why I might not want to be on Amazon selling as a seller, and I've got some things that you didn't mention. Please do let me know because I want to help you think it through with accuracy. And maybe it's not for you. I'm not convincing the whole world to do this, obviously, but there's a lot of people that could and should be that aren't. Maybe that's you. I'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Thanks for hanging out with me today. We'll talk to you then. Hey, before I let you go, I've got a guest today, like we've been doing once a week or so around here. Mr. Jeff Schick is joining us again. He's got a great topic for us. What's on your mind today, Jeff? Well, I want to talk about storage space today. So a lot of sellers have been reporting that their storage limits got cut by Amazon for FBA. And um, I just you know wanted to talk about you know ways we can mitigate the the challenge that that poses, some alternative options, and then of course for sellers that need more storage space, how you can go about getting some more storage space as well. So, you know, okay, for so, so for the FBA sellers who rely on Amazon to store our inventory, in many yes. cases, now this hasn't happened to me. It's happened to a couple coaches on our team, and a few people have reported it. I think one of our coaches lost almost half their storage space. Where Amazon said, "Hey, you've only got half as much space as you had yesterday." Sorry. <laughs> so, so what's causing this? And more importantly, what do we do about it? Absolutely. So, I think you know, number one, what's causing it is staffing issues. Amazon is over, in a sense, they're understaffed and overpromised for the holiday season. And so they're in, you know, I guess like fireman mode right now, trying to put out this massive dumpster fire of not having enough people to work in their warehouses. So they have tons of products flowing in every single day, tons of orders coming in every single day, and not enough people to and robots to ship the orders out. So so we've got, you know, a, a massive logistical challenge that Amazon's trying to solve. And what we're seeing now is one way they're doing solving it is they're putting storage limits on because if you have you know you know five thousand square feet of storage devoted to one seller who uses all of it, then it means that another seller can't use you know get five hundred square feet if they've already maxed it. So they're reducing some sellers dramatically 
Uh, some sellers are not affected at all. It really just seems to be all across the board. Um, it's a little random almost in its application. Huh? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen some massive sellers lose their storage space, which tells me that perhaps they're trying to equalize the playing field. It might be the case. Um, but, you know, of course, it's Amazon. Who knows what the rationale is behind this? Sure. Typically, it's numbers driven if you drill down and it's customer service driven if you really drill down. But it feels kind of random on the playing field for third party sellers right now. Absolutely. But, so what what are you advising sellers to do? How do you how do you prevent it if that's possible? And what are our options to absorb the blow if it does happen? So preventing it, unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any good option for preventing it. You know, it's numbers driven, like you said. So Amazon is making those those decisions and letting you know after they've made it. So there's really not a great solution there for it. But in terms of how to mitigate the effect on your business, that's where we can really shine. And so sellers that are quick to pivot are the ones that can benefit the most from it. And so let's talk about what that looks like. So Jim, when I was talking to you about this before, earlier a little while ago, you had a great idea. You said FBM. and right. Merchant fulfill, baby. Just yeah. like when COVID struck, those of us who are prepared to use our garage or hire a friend or find some local storage space and, and list product as merchant fulfill, right? cleaned up. And I think we're going to see the same thing as a result of this. I think so. So anyone who is eligible to ship Merchant Fulfilled, now keep in mind, some during holiday season, they sometimes don't let newer sellers use Merchant Fulfilled. Right. I can't remember what the deadline is this year. We may have already passed it, but if we haven't passed it yet, uh, there is a, you can, if you get a certain number of orders in Merchant Fulfilled before the deadline, you get the, to Merchant Fulfilled during Q4. And it's absolutely worth your while, even if that means going out and buying, you know, I think one year it was 50 units. Go out and buy 50, 50 units of something at the dollar store. Put it for right. sale for 25 cents if you have to. Yes. Obviously, you notice I just said we're losing money on every sale. If you buy it for a dollar and you sell it for 25 cents, there's no profit there. Yeah, but you're it's, qualified now to fulfill your own orders. Correct. Like eBay sellers have to do year-round, right? You, you, as orders come in, you're fulfilling it. You could use a prep center. You could use your garage. You can use a single mom across the street, but fulfill right. your own orders. Absolutely. So fulfillment by merchant, that's you know, step one for mitigation if you can do it. Uh, one thing that a lot of sellers forget about, and I'm guilty, I forget about it too, you are allowed to have an FBA offer and an FBM offer on the same listing. Absolutely. Means, yeah, like if you have, let's say you bought 10 pairs of Nike sneakers at the store and then you don't have enough storage space for footwear to send in all 10 pairs. Well, maybe you send in three and keep seven. Three FBA off, three going as an FBA offer, you open up a secondary offer for Merchant Fulfilled for your quantity of seven, you know, by all means, put them there. Here's something, even another tip you can use. You know, you bought 10 sneakers. The day you buy them at the store, you have 10 available. The day UPS picks up those three, you've got seven. Because what if someone comes in and orders 10 pairs for their entire school team between when you bought it at the store and when Amazon picks it up? Sell it FBM, That's ship right. it out, and then you've got three pairs of sneakers for something else. So part of the beauty of FBM, Merchant Fulfill, is you could be standing in store checking out your yeah. inventory. Those 10 pairs of sneakers, you're standing there checking out <laughs> at a retail yeah. store, and you list them Merchant Fulfill, and they sell before you even pay for them at the register. We hear stories like that. You can't do that with FBA, where it takes a week or two. In Q4, it could take three or four weeks sometimes for it to get listed and available in the right. system. So you're making sales a lot faster too. So it's very healthy to integrate Merchant Fulfill. And, and that is the, a great way to pivot if you find yourself. And, and for those of us who sell in the hazmat category, I mean, I don't know of anybody that's got a huge hazmat storage space. We're, we're playing with this little tiny square, you know, 
I don't remember what it was, a couple hundred square foot, not even, it's it's tiny. I remember what it is. Like but, fine. you know, it, it's about $500 to $1,000 worth of product at a time. That's all we can sit in there. Yeah. And we sell a ton of this stuff, but we, we have, we're limited. So we do merchant fulfill a lot of it. Right. Now, so that's one option. Option two is just-in-time fulfillment. Now, just-in-time fulfillment is a, uh, believe it or not, a Toyota concept. They're the ones that innovated it. And it's the idea that you send in inventory in smaller numbers and increased frequency. Mm-hmm. So if you have those 10 sneakers and you don't want to use up all 10, you know, maybe you only have a limit of 10 sneakers. Well, we're not going to send, and we've got 10, you know, let's assume we've got 100 pairs of sneakers with 10 different styles, 10 different ASINs, and 10 of each. Well, your options are you could send in all 10 of one ASIN, but now you've got 90 sneakers that are not selling. Or you could send in one of each ASIN and then have nine of each to fill, fill. And as those sell, you just keep sending in, you know, every single day, grab another pair of sneakers, ship it into FBA. Obviously, it's not your most cost-effective option, but it's better than having inventory sit on the, the shelf and not sell at all. It's also yeah. better than not selling a period. So yeah, it, it's better to, to consistently trickle in inventory than it is to send a big load of it and it sits in Amazon's warehouse. They're going to typically punish you for that over time with, you know, not just with the storage fees, but potentially with lower storage space available to you. Now you were telling me you're hearing from some sellers who are able to buy more space. Talk me through that. So there have been some reports of sellers reaching out to seller support and saying, I need more space and then being redirected to a buy more inventory space page. I do not know if that's available to every seller or if it's only available to certain sellers, but I know that there are some sellers that have successfully bought more. Um, It doesn't come cheap. It's, you know, it's Amazon is because I guess in Amazon's eyes, if you're going to buy more storage space from them, you're taking away storage space from other sellers they're getting for free. So they're going to make you pay that premium for it. But for sellers that have the margins and have the volume to support it, it makes a heck of a lot of sense because you know, if, if you're if you have to pay Amazon an extra dollar, but you can make ten dollars, then obviously we've netted. Now, if you're having to pay Amazon ten dollars to make one dollar, that's not a smart trade. So everyone has to evaluate that option in light it's of a, their. It's a math decision, yeah. Right. Especially around Q4. You know, if you've got a lot of fast moving inventory, it may make sense to investigate that option. Well, I think we've given folks some good options to investigate, and if they want to talk about this more with you or any kind of legal issues or challenges with their account, how can they do that? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, you can sign up for our retainer and then schedule an unlimited number of calls with me or my team. Everyone on our team has experience selling on Amazon and we all have legal experience as well. So you have the added bonus. You can bring legal questions, you can bring e-commerce questions and we're happy to help. So uh, jeffschick.com, $89 a month. And that you know covers you for, against all of your account health and other legal challenges that your business faces. And we'll stick a link in the show notes to that as well for uh, those who are kind of guessing how to spell Schick right now. S-C-H-I-C-K, right? <laughs> it's All just right, like the razor blade, but exa- I don't Hey, that's royalties. great. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, buddy. Well, we'll do this again real soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you, my friend. Bye then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.